sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls. Just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it, Get it for, for free, free in the, in the app, app Store. store. Welcome to our Downton Abbey podcast, <laughs> where we watch and discuss every episode of Downton Abbey with accents that are deeply inaccurate to the actual people who live in that area. Thank you for that beautiful introduction, Maggie Smith. Uh, <laughs> my name is Ned. <laughs> yes, my name is Maggie Smith. Hello, Potter. That's oh. a different. That's a different uh, <laughs> franchise that that queen's in. My name's Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. Actually, surprise! I ripped off my Maggie Smith mask. <laughs> what if you were actually like, I'm not with Maggie Smith right now. What the, what the fuck? fuck? <laughs> I thought I thought I was getting down and and wet and wild with Maggie Smith tonight on Zoom. Let's. I hope that one one day in our lives we can get down, wet, and also wild with wet with Maggie Smith <laughs> with oh, Waggy yes. with. Hey everybody! In case we really got you there, this is actually Wisteria Gaze, and we're actually talking about Desperate Housewives, not any Whoa. of that British crap. Oh, yeah, that crap. That crap. That critically acclaimed crap. We're talking about this critically acclaimed crap. (laughs) (laughs) Critically acclaimed crap is a very... It was a tongue twister for me just then. How are you? I'm neato. You know, I'm a little hungry. I cannot Uh tell a lie, just like Rachel Berry. Uh, Um, Okay. And... But I'm I'm doing good. How are you today? I'm doing 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 good as well. I also probably should eat, but y- y- what's more important is this television program for me. Yes, my priorities are Desperate Housewives and then food, shelter, air, water. All those things come after Desperate Housewives, mm-hmm. and then Desperate Housewives just to close it out, just to make yeah a yeah, yeah, sandwich. yeah yeah yeah. I have to make a sandwich of DH so that I know it's it's there for me beginning mm-hmm. and end you know do you want to dive into this freaking sodi oh i'm wearing some trunks Ooh. yes <laughs> oh yeah so today we are talking about season three episode six this episode premiered october 22nd 2006 and was written by davi waller and josh center uh davi waller may sound new but she did write an episode in the middle of season two and apparently she's going to be around a little bit more as we go through season three and this was directed by david grossman for hashtag sondheim watch the title is sweetheart i have to confess and it's not a song title, but a lyric from the song Could I Leave You from the musical Follies, which I think we've actually had an episode called Could I Leave You. I think we've already used that uh, episode title. I think so as well. I also, I feel like we're going to be getting into a lot more lyrics as the show goes <laughs> on rather than songs. I mean, how many yes. songs could this guy have written? I don't know. At least three. At least three. I, you know, he's kind of an unknown and I think they really should have gone with a composer that had a little bit more, more of a career, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, when I hear the name Stephen Sondheim, 
it's like i don't even know who that is i don't even yeah who is that who's named sondheim like of all names like i guess it could be like my uncle's name right yeah anyway fuck him (laughs) anyway yeah yes for for wisteria international uh, most of the titles were actually the same or similar, but there were two that were funny to me. In France, it was called Absolution, which absolutely oh. sounds like a Resident Evil movie. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Desperate Housewives, Absolution, Absolution, hitting theaters this summer. <laughs> and in in Hungary, it was called My Quite Big Sin. Oh. Oops. What's Oopsie. this right here? It's my quite big sin. <laughs> oh my god, my sin is so big. <laughs> Please forgive me of my sin. Oh my god, my sin is getting everywhere. My quite big sin. Daddy God. Daddy God. <laughs> I think I the last couple episodes have been very weirdly horny. They in really places. have been. But I feel like that's a good tagline for this podcast is weirdly horny. Just, yeah. Yeah. I think that is a very good <laughs> summary of this podcast. Cause we were, we were weirdly horny from day one. You know, we're all, we're, <laughs> it's our truth. Okay. It's our truth. Mysteria gaze. Weirdly, weirdly horny. horny. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it is often said that confession is good for the soul. Wow. We've, you know, yeah. you should have been the narrator for the series, I think, with that I, delivery. I did audition. <gasps> really? Um, yeah, didn't, I didn't get a call back, unfortunately. Oh, but, my gosh. You know, I'm still thankful. It was down uh, to you, Laura Palmer, and mm-hmm. Brenda Strong. Yes. Did you All know blondes. that? I think you told me that, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Connects to David Lynch. <laughs> connects to being blonde connects to desperate housewives' own Edie Britt. Oh Edie Britt goes to confession once a week. She's gone ever since she was a kid, which wow. That's dedication. Yeah, that really is. Uh every week she would confess her sins, usually her sexual escapades. Yes. Uh she had an affair with a folk duo, I which I love. Simon and Garfunkel? Yes. That's what I assumed she meant by that. <laughs> um the priest would always tell her to sin no more. But temptation. Temptation in his jawline. Mm-hmm. Oh. And his handsome little eyes and, and good haircut. And his his scars and his little blue shirt that accentuates his beautiful shoulders and his his oh i shouldn't say that (laughs) i know what you're gonna say do you know what i was gonna say should we say at the same time what we what we what you were gonna say and then what i thought you were gonna say sure okay at three two one big dick campers (laughs) did you say pampers like the diaper yes oh (laughs) yeah i went in a different direction (laughs) we're talking of course about mike delfino yes mike delfino wants to know what him and Edie were like before the accident and i was pretty 
shocked to say that Edie kind of told the truth. Like, he didn't, he never looked at her. She was just a neighbor to him. But, like, she wants him to look at her. <laughs> oh, when she said she had been in love with him from the moment she saw him, it was, like, very romantic. And I couldn't mm-hmm. tell if it was genuine, but I think it might have been. I think it might have been as well. Mike bringing the romance when he was like, I'm seeing you now. And then pulls her into that kiss. I screamed. That was a good kiss. Oh, oh, God. The romance. The romance. What's going on? I mean, it's it's under terrible circumstances and lying, but the romance. (laughs) We can forgive it. We can forgive it. Look, sometimes I just, I turn my brain off sometimes when I watch Desperate Housewives. (laughs) And that is a time where I turn my brain off just because they're both hot to me and I liked watching them kiss each other. Oh. (laughs) I'm into it. We then get opening credits. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, so opening credits, and when we come back, we get another Marion, a Marionist monologue. She's Marionist, baby. We find out that Brie hates nothing more than an unexpected knock on the freaking door. You knock on Brie <laughs> Hodge's door, she's gonna, she's gonna kick you into the center of the earth. I hate, I hate, I hate an unsolicited door knock. I hate an unsolicited mm. phone call. Even from friends, I'm like, why are you calling me? Has someone died? <laughs> I hate when people just visit me or approach me when I was yeah. not expecting them. But for Brie, this, this knock on the door is much more disagreeable than she could ever imagine in her whole entire life. Because who's it's Danielle. Oh. It's Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's Carolyn Bigsby, a.k.a. The Biggs, baby. The Biggs, baby. She's back. Her husband brought her here to apologize. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Like, Har- Harvey, we find out his name is. It just feels, it kind of reminds me of, like, the flashback when Brie is bringing Andrew to apologize. It feels like a a, a parent with a, with a bad-behaving child. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and The Biggs is not jazzed for this apology she is no clearly not does not mean it she clearly is not vibing with having to apologize for what she said to brie but i mean she puts on that fake smile like a champ yeah and yeah so the bigs apologizes they kind of talk about making plans soon to get dinner maybe at the country club or at one of the houses and as soon as the door is closed brie's like I will never be dining with that woman ever in my life. The way she says it is absolutely wild, too. She's yeah. Just the way she speaks. I'm telling you, Marsha Cross is really good at delivering very funny lines just through, like, a smile. Just because, like, she doesn't... It, it's it's like Brie doesn't know what she's saying is funny. Yes. She's so good. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to... Ian is knocking on Susan's door and Susan is gardening outside, sees him and tries to hide. And McCluskey, a noted messy bitch who loves drama, walks by, sees Susan and is like, he, 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 he. And 
says, hey, Susan, and clearly is doing that to call out to Ian that she is hiding behind the car. And then McCluskey leaves, happy with the chaos she has ensued. And I love that. I love when we get to see McCluskey. And Ian kind of asks if she's hiding. She says no, but he gives her an invitation to an event or a party he's hosting. And he says he has a publisher friend there that, you know, he, he wants to help her out with her children's book writing career which has she done that in two years i don't know and he also is trying to slyly ask about mike and edie because i assume he's maybe still at the hospital with jane and that's why he's seeing edie around maybe that was kind of the impression i got he's kind of trying to poke and prod and see if she is still actively trying to be with mike and for now she turns him down she's like yeah i'm Mm -hmm. still working on it Get out of my ass, Ian. Uh, I don't even know how you got in there, Ian. But Ian, get fuck. Jeez, how did you get my ass? <laughs> we then go all the way to conference room D, where <laughs> Carlos and Gabby are talking with their lawyers. Uh, they're still going at it with custody of like all the valuables and the money. And uh, as one of the lawyers is talking, Carlos gets up and he's like, I'm so tired of this. You can have everything, Gabby. Just take it take everything i'm done and he leaves the lawyer seems pretty uh happy about it but gabby knows that carlos doesn't fold so he must be up to something obviously he is up to something and we'll talk about it later but i kind of was just hoping that this would be the end of it because i'm like i'm so tired (laughs) i'm so exhausted of your divorce and your bullshit as a couple i was kind of hoping it was just them being like we don't want to write this storyline anymore but sadly that was not the case no they got to drag it on for the whole season jesus yeah (laughs) or at least the divorce will be going on till halfway through the season and then we'll get into different shenanigans but do you have a do you have a prediction i think my prediction would be that i don't know i just think that they're gonna draw i don't know i don't think that they'll draw out the divorce the whole way through the season that's good i think they're gonna they're gonna stop it halfway through i hope so i'm over it Mm -hmm. carlos get out of my life challenge please 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 (laughs) uh but that's that scene Mm -hmm. because then we go to the pizza parlor lynette knocks on the door of this decrepit restaurant and tom brings her in and it it looks like it's definitely a fixer-upper and Lynette obviously is not impressed by this because it looks horrific. And he tells her that he already signed the lease and did not tell her, which, Tom, I'm trying to support you in your dreams, King, but you've got to talk to your partner before you sign a whole fucking lease. Mm -hmm. Well, he has a habit of not talking to his partner about financial decisions. Absolutely. Tom loves to act first and then ask for forgiveness later. But the fucking line that Lynette says when he's like, I thought you wanted to support my dreams. And she says, I assumed you'd have a dream worth supporting. <sighs> fucking nailed me t- to the wall. I yeah. My ass has been blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was rough. That was a mean thing to say. I feel like I'm feeling so repetitive with Tom and Lynette right now. And. I think I thought it more later and when they spoiler alert, when they make up a bit near the end of the episode, I feel like every episode starts with, 
why don't you support my dream? You said you would support my dream. And the Lynette being like, you're a baby. And then by the end of the episode, both of them apologize and go, you're right. I should support your dream. And then the next episode starts and it's back to, why don't you support my dream? And I just don't, that has been happening like, what the, f- like, can they just have any consistency? Like, are they, j- I, it's just like literally the same plot line. Like it has a arc and an ending every time we see it. I'm just very confused why they keep going so back and forth with Tom and Lynette. I, just, I feel like Doug Savant signed a con like an episode contract, so they just have to get him in there, uh, no matter what it is. Like we don't know what else we want to do with you, so just keep doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. At least it was a little different this episode, which we'll get to later. But yeah, I just yeah. feel like it, it kind of like with Gabby and Carlos last season how they they felt like super super repetitive tom and lynette feel really repetitive to me right now let's go down to the country club you and me we'll play a couple rounds of sport (laughs) yeah what does she what do they play i think they're tennis i hope because they mentioned doubles partners okay 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 um but two lemonades for the victors please brie and her friend whose name i didn't get rebecca rebecca brie and rebecca Rebecca they're hanging out uh this woman comes up to them and completely ignores Bree says hi to Rebecca asks her how she's doing just walks away and Bree wants to know what the fuck is up and Rebecca tells her that there's a lot of people who are friends with the bigs here at this club and she's been she's been bad mouthing you Bree bigs is popular basically Bree decides to go make reservations at the club for her Orson, the Biggs, and her husband. Yes. We then go and we see the babies. We see all of the babies. The twins. Except for Penny. Yeah. For the first time in forever. They they got back from boarding school. They have little British accents now. <laughs> but we see those babes. We finally see them. Lynette is talking about how her and Tom have a fight. And she's like going into... She's going into it in front of her kids, which yeah. I think is interesting. But we see we see Kaylin listening off to the side, Kaylin. putting her little detective cap on. Her name's Kayla. Uh, Kayla? <laughs> is she the new Danielle? <laughs> I thought her name oh, was Kayla. Sorry, is she the new Destiny? Yes, apparently so. I'm so sorry to this child. Yeah, every every time a um, Desmond uh, goes off screen, we have to have a Kara. I can't think of yeah. other D or K names. What's going on? I'm, I'm just saying Kenna's really good in this scene <laughs> uh, because she's listening to Lynette be really wild, and then she calls her mom and is like, this is what's happening. This is the mom. tea, mama. <laughs> you know what she's like in this scene to me what what instead of a boss baby she's a spy baby <gasps> she's oh i was gonna say she's like the baby geniuses <gasps> i've never seen that it is a weird movie curtis connor has a video about it <gasps> i have seen it but only curtis <laughs> connor's video of it uh everybody go check out curtis connor we, anyway we love him he's on youtube what happens next Gabby and Carlos. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> it's a it's a short scene. Yeah. So it's not that bad. It's mostly shenanigans. It's mostly shenanigans because Carlos gets a package. He's really wishy-washy and weird about it. So he grabs it and hides it and locks it in a desk. 
So then Gabby goes through the shenanigans of getting the key, unlocking it, faxing the papers to her lawyer, and then putting it back in so that Carlos does not notice. Yeah, and there's some more shenanigans because she forgets to, or like she tries to put the key in, but like uh, his pocket again while he's in the shower, but he he is out of the shower. She makes up an excuse, all that. Did you say that already? I just said shenanigans because I was, I was bored by it, so I didn't want to get into it. That's fair. So then we quickly cut to a phone call with Gabby and her lawyer. Uh, she finds out that it is a job contract for $2 million. And if they get divorced, she's not going to see any of that money. Yar. So she wants to make a plan to try to keep the divorce going so that she can try to get a little bit of that moolah. We then cut to Susan going to Mike in the hospital. She's got flowers. She's got flowers. She's running in slow motion to Mike to be like, Mikey Poo, I love you. And she, she, she gets into the room and what else does she see but i don't i was gonna say a rhyme but i couldn't think of anything edie and mike yes having sex having sex (laughs) fucking wild i cannot imagine a time where i am less horny than at the hospital i can't think of a time where i'm more horny does the does the fluorescent lighting and the and the blue and green little gowns just really get you rock hard Oh, it really does. When I when I went in for top surgery, oh, I was rock hard that whole time. The doctor was almost like, we can't operate on them. They're rock fucking hard. They are fucking in this hospital. Uh, full on fucking. And Susan runs away. And then we go to something, a scene that I fucking love. Me I love too. this yes. so much. Yes. I have something to say. Say it. Lesbian of the episode nominee for Lynette, the way she was leaning against the pole with her Marg and looking at Susan and being like rough day and Susan being like, yeah. And them just being cute together. I wanted to nominate the two of them drinking Margs together or even we could also nominate later. I have a nominee. Okay. 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 I think think we're on the same page. We're on the same page, but yeah, I I was like, okay, I, I love this vibe. I love it. Their exchange was so cute. It was so good. I love seeing uh, them be friends. <laughs> me too. And so, yeah, I love how also Susan's like, yeah, fuck Julie. She can eat and feed herself. I'm going to sit down with Margs with my bestie. <laughs> Julie eating a can of beefaroni by herself. <laughs> Just like straight out of the can. Yeah. <laughs> and her mom's like getting shwasted on the porch next door. It's like raining just by Julie's window. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a um, oh, what's it called? A a sprinkler. There's just a sprinkler yes. hitting her window. Yeah. Um, and then we get this also this really great addition to the scene where Gabby starts running past, and the women are like, "Hey, Gabby, would you like to join us? We're I, getting drunk tonight." I think I wrote Statler and Waldorf yell at her, Gabby, because yes. they were just like, "Hello, we're getting drunk," and she joins them. Can I, I tell you something? Um, I misheard something Susan said, and I was. I was completely shook because I was looking down to write a note. And when she said the line, I wish Paul Young was around, re Edie and Mike, 
I heard I wish polyamory was still around and I like shot my eyes up to read the (laughs) captions because I was like does Susan want to be in a throuple with Mike and Edie because yes please sadly that's not what happened but I I like genuinely misheard it and I was so confused if I that was just a storyline I had missed oh my god so like all of the women are venting just about their various problems Lynette is talking about Tom and I would like to nominate Gabby for lesbian of the episode <gasps> for saying that Lynette is a great lover. I didn't hear that. She said, you're an amazing wife, a beautiful woman, and like a great lover. She said she was a great lover. I thought she said she was a great mother. Oh. Because then she went, wait, where are your kids? Oh. <laughs> God damn it. I miss her. <laughs> a great lover. <laughs> Gabby looks, I would still like to nominate um, my imaginary Gabby as lesbian of the episode. I love, I, oh, I love, you know, Lynette is a bitch. She's a mother. She's a child. She is indeed a lover. I kind of want to nominate just the bundle of them. Like all of them yeah. laying or like Susan laying her legs across Gabby. Them all just being drunk together. Like I just want these margarita infused women to be nominated for lesbian of the episode. I would love to nominate them if polyamory were still around. Yeah, it's been outlawed. So that's why we're not allowed <laughs> to talk about it. Yeah, let's chuck them in that bucket. Chuck them in that bucket. It's a bucket filled with margarita mix. Oh, yeah. It's sticky. Uh, anyway, we then cut to the hospital where the cops are questioning Mike about Monique. Mm-hmm. He swears he doesn't really know who she is. Like, he's never heard the name before or seen the woman because they, they show him a picture. But essentially, the cops don't believe him. Yeah, they think he, his amnesia is a convenient lie. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of gross. And they ask him about his past when he killed a cop in self-defense. And they're kind of gross about it. We're going to the pizza parlor. A pizza parlor. Chuck E. Cheese. What if Tom just invents Chuck E. Cheese? I would love that. I mean, he'd make his money back tenfold. Hell yeah. Get those animatronics. Tom is scrubbing the floors of the place and Nora pops up. She's in a sexy dress and has wine and takeout. Yeah, and they're going to hang out. And as they're hanging out, we find out that, like, I don't know if Tom drank the whole bottle of wine because he seems a little bit more tipsy than she does. Yeah. But she pulls out another one, and she's like, let's keep drinking. Let's get crazy. And Tom starts talking about how he can kind of see where Lynette is coming from in this moment. Because she is just really focused on the business aspect. And he's starting to second guess himself. Yeah, like every other episode that we've seen. Yes. Where he's like, maybe Lynette is smart. Maybe Lynette, like, was thinking about an aspect of it that I wasn't. Yeah. That happens once an episode now. (laughs) But Nora is like, look, I do Reiki and energy readings. And (laughs) your aura... Your aura, I'm feeling very yellow, mm-hmm. which means... It's giving me very bad energy. <laughs> tweet that's going around right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's like, look, your energy, I can smell it. And it smells like mahogany teakwood. And that means you're going to be successful. And he's like, 
what you really do you really think that oh my god and she's like yeah i believe in you yeah they smooch they smoochy Yep, they smooch Rama and Tom flings himself across the room. One would have thought Jeff Melman had directed this episode. <laughs> that was callback for exclusively you. <laughs> Nobody else, just you. Nora starts going on about, so Tom is like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. And Nora starts going on about how he was leading her on as like a cover. Yeah, the part that where where he was like, I love my wife. And she went, the one that thinks you're a loser. I was like, oof. <laughs> oof size. Extra large, baby. I feel conflicted about this because I don't like the language around you were leading me on and you asked for it. That feels like gross language. But I don't know. I didn't feel like Tom was has established boundaries with her very well. I also don't think what happened was necessarily. I don't know. I feel. I feel very conflicted about this whole scene. Uh, I don't know. I feel weird. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to it. I guess there's also like weird. It's weird circumstances. Yeah, and like, like he's. I don't know. I feel like he has clearly shown affection towards her. I'm not saying he's trying to cheat, uh, as we've learned in the Desperate Housewives. 2006 cd-rom computer game tom scavo doesn't cheat so we we couldn't even get him to sleep with our character in that game so but i just so i'm not saying he's trying to cheat but i do think that he has been like emotionally engaging with her in a way that he has not with lynette and so Mm -hmm. i can see how she might have felt led on by that but i but i don't know if i felt it in this moment like i didn't get the feeling that he was trying to kiss in this moment no so I could see how what she, where she's coming from, but I also disagree with her in like specifically the scenario we're looking at now. And that's that scene, because then we quickly come back to the drunk ladies being cute. I love them. I was obsessed with this. Uh, Susan starts talking about how or like these old people walk by, and uh, we find out they're celebrating their fifty third wedding anniversary. And Susan's like, "I'm gonna have to live to my nineties." Oh my god, I'm gonna die. And I was like, if that's not me when I'm <laughs> under the influence of something and I just start thinking about death randomly. Um, I shat my pants at the joke where th- one, this scene was like joke after joke after joke. So many good one liners in this scene. Like, whoever wrote the scene is fucking funny this was such a funny scene to me but my favorite joke in the whole scene was when gabby said i have something to tell you and susan went oh god what great is he in i yeah. fucking howled with laughter at that line i did i loved that line and then the line where gabby was like i already paid the lawyer so i'm taking him down like about <laughs> being like she still is in love with carlos a little bit but i i loved the line just being like no, I already paid the lawyer. Yeah. I also loved Lynette going, I'm a bitch with a capital C. <laughs> like, what a weird, what a weird line. I think so, she was trying to be like part of my language, but I think she she's like, I'm, I'm a bitch, like a, like a cunt. That's look, unpopular opinion. <laughs> I love that cuss word. Okay. I think, I think cunt is very funny. Period. I when you go to I don't know if we have any hello if we have any British listeners, uh, people that are in the UK perhaps. I went to, to to London for like two weeks and when I was there, every person I interacted with said that word constantly. 
Oh wow! Like it was just the just sle- like it was just like, truly like I heard it a hundred thousand times when I was in London because all of the people that I am friends with who live there like just that's just the vibes. I just oh, thought it was wow. very funny that it was just like casual slang when I was in yeah. London. Because here it's like not. It's oh, really people not are here. so terrified of that word here. Yeah. I think it's funny. I like words that scare people. I think because I feel like people are also intimidated by dyke, and you know I love that word. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I, I think cunt is funny. <laughs> I just like it. <laughs> Rachel and I use it in the house often because we think it's funny. Hell yeah. Then Susan starts talking about Ian and how everything was just very easy with him and how maybe she wants to be with him again. Oh, and shit. then a, a cab rolls up and Lynette's like, God called you a cab. <laughs> that was so funny. Um, we find out that the, the cab is for Ida Greenberg. <laughs> and Susan goes, I'm Ida. I'm Ida. <laughs> Their drunk acting was very fun. It was. I loved it. Like, especially... These are my favorite scenes out of the whole episode. They were so fun. I I agree. I loved the drunk acting. She gets in that cab and she leaves. Ida and all of her bags probably miss her flight. Ida looked so cute in that sweater. I just... She drove by and it was just the way she... This is actually... I know we have a bit that we're in love with Ida, but this is like unironic that actress just looked so cute to me in her little sweater she, she was just sort of like l- the way she looked <laughs> at, the, at the like longingly at the taxi cab it was just she just looked cute I, I literally just wrote Ida looks cute I love this actor I I think she's I so too. fun and I do think she's very cute she's so she's cute a cute little lady I want Ida I want Ida to be the main character I love her so much I want her to have her own little sitcom <laughs> yeah Every everything that happens in Wisteria Lane, but from Ida's point of view, and it's a multi-camera sitcom. Absolutely, her her nephew, who is the doctor, can be on it, and um, it could, Klusky, definitely. Klusky, obviously. I think her and Klusky have to have a a slow burn romance th- throughout the mm-hmm, series mm-hmm. as well. Very like Mr. Sheffield, Nanny Fine, where like it doesn't happen for five seasons, and at a certain point, you're like completely bored by it. But then in the final season, they put them together. Hell yeah. I just finished the nanny. <laughs> you can't I tell. Couldn't tell. Yeah, <laughs> I, couldn't. I know it's a pretty niche television <laughs> program, but we have a party to go to. We do. Susan's shit faced at this fucking party. I think it's funny when they make Ian say like slang because it sounds. This man is actually. This is this man's voice. Like he's not doing a fake accent. Like this is just how this this man's British, but the way he's like Susan, are you sloshed? Like it just sounds like he's a like a fake British person, but he's not. Yes. It's very confusing. I loved it when he said slosh, slosh, sloshed, sloshed, and she's like, yeah, I am, dude. Uh, Rama, baby. Yeah. Which is wild because Ian wanted to introduce her to an editor uh, named Judith. And uh, Susan says that she wants to be with him, right? I Or do we not see that? Is that just a, like he tells her the next I day? I think he tells her the next day. But that yeah, sucks. like, she, I think she's just sort of like, hello, I'm drunk. And then before they can like talk, she goes to puke in the bathroom. And she pukes in front of the editor. I kind of held. I thought that yeah. was really fun. Like when the woman stormed out, the timing of that was so funny. And then the like extra drop that it was the editor was very funny to me. Like mm-hmm. the comedy in this episode really worked for me. I thought this was a very funny episode. We then cut to the Hodge and Bigsby dinner. 
I was looking respectfully at Brie. Ooh. Her titties were out. Oh, oh I had you- someone message us on Instagram. Do you want to know a fun fact? I forgot to yes, mention this and you just reminded me. Um, some A listener messaged us on Instagram, which if you want to message us, we're around. We read all of them. Uh, and they said that um, the reason why Marsha Cross's titties are out, I don't know if this is the reason, but they mentioned that uh, apparently she was pregnant during this season. Oh. Marsha Cross. And so and so um, they noted that like her her boobs look will look bigger because that's what happens when you're a person who's pregnant. Uh, but then also, I guess there's going to be some creative um, hidings of a belly eventually that we're going to get around to. Yeah, they like to do. I, I'm I'm intrigued to see that because I I think it's really interesting when people have to cover up that somebody's pregnant. You like never see the lower half of their body. Yeah, I I didn't realize that she was pregnant during this. So so um, a listener hypothesized that her boobs being out is because she was pregnant. During this season, and uh, we'll have to keep an eye out and see if we can spot any bellies. Going back to the dinner, uh, the women go to use the powder room. Oh, no, Mm. but before that, one of the women who was being rude to Brie earlier, Brie makes a point to, like, be seen with uh, the Biggs, and then they go to the powder room, uh, to which... Biggs is really sly, sends, like, the the bathroom attendant, like, outside of the room to get more tissues, and then uh, drops some pictures in Bree's lap of Alma looking pretty bruised up. And a police report that went Mm -hmm. along with those injuries um, at a time where she filed a report against Orson for beating Mm her. Yeah. Fucking oof. Yeah. Um, and while that's happening, we go to Orson and what was his name? Mr. Bigsby. I'll just call him Mr. Biggs. It was like uh, Harvey, but I think I wrote down Harold, but I'm pretty uh, sure it's Harvey. It's Harvey. Uh, we cut back to Orson and Harvey. We find out that Harvey's been having an affair with a woman from Paris and we get a picture of her and he says her name is Monique. And Orson sees that picture and that is clearly tout memo. Monique. I I knew it was going to be her. Yeah. I knew it. Uh, And that's... The the web tying all these people together is intense. Oh, yeah. Biggs is so believable. Like, part of me is like, it's a red herring, but the other part of me really wants to believe her. And in Mm -hmm. that case, my perception of Orson is very different now i'm just like stressed (laughs) because i'm like oh i was liking him but i really hate that and i really want to believe bigsby but also i don't trust this show uh to like not you know try to fool me and i I am loving the way the mystery is laying out only because i don't know what's going to happen and i don't know the truth yeah it's spread out so well and it's like they're not giving us anything but they are it's good Uh. it's so good it's like compared to last season this is so good. And then we go to Lynette and Tom. We have their reunion scene where they're both like, I'm so sorry. You mean more to me than any pizza place. And then they kiss and make up. And then Tom says he needs to tell Lynette about what happened tonight. Yes. And then- <laughs> this is an iconic <laughs> moment. Lynette fucking kicks me down like a door. Ah. <laughs> Kick me down like a door, Lynette. She kicks Nora's door fucking wide open and is like, come here, Nora. Come here. 
come here <laughs> you know that the the glove that thanos has where he collects the stones yeah that's me but with desperate housewives women kicking doors in and i have brie and now i have lynette and now i just need susan gabby and edie to kick doors in and then i'm at my full power susan though is gonna probably crash through a door that's true i i want it to be like looney tunes where it's like the outline of her body through a door yes yeah yes but that gif of Lynette kicking the door, that's an iconic gif. Mm-hmm. I feel like I see that all over Desperate Housewives Twitter. I got to see it more. I got to get back on Desperate Housewives Twitter, but then I have to get right off to avoid spoilers. I'll post it. I'll post it on okay. our on our social media every day. <laughs> um, yeah, so Lynette really wants to kick Nora's ass, and then Kayla comes in. And they have to be calm in front of her. And before Lynette leaves, she gives Nora a hug and says, you are, you're done with my family. Your association with us is over. Uh, Whenever you drop Kayla off, you will drop her off. And that is it. One, my first thought was, why is this the scene in Kill Bill when she's fighting Vernita Green and Vernita's daughter walks in? Yeah. That's what this reminded me of. And then I imagined Lynette killing Nora and then being like, Kayla, if one day... 20 years from now you still feel sore you can come and fight me um i loved kill bill so much when i was in high school but i don't know i don't want nora to fuck with tom but nora looked so terrified i kind of felt bad for her is that weird like i actually felt kind of bad for nora because like i understand being angry but this was like violent (laughs) of lynette like i was scared for nora when, when lynette gave her a hug she like cracked her spine Yeah, I don't know. I felt like not fully on Lynette's side. I loved the door, but then I was like scared for Nora. And so then I felt conflicted about this. But I also think that they are overdue as a family for boundaries with Nora, Mm -hmm. I I think. But yeah, I don't know. I just was like, man, I felt bad for her kind of. Yeah, me too. We then go to Susan in the morning. Uh, Susan in the morning, 93.2 FM. She comes downstairs. We find out that Ian stayed the night on the couch, and last night she uh, confessed that she still likes him and wants to be with him, and she wants to spank him in a little sailor suit. We know what Ian's into now. They kind of just kiss and reconcile. So are they dating now? I guess, yeah. I just... Susan sees Mike, I guess, I don't know. I guess seeing Mike in bed with somebody is kind of a oh, this is really not happening moment, but I don't know. She's just jumping right back. I mean, the thing is, if I was Ian, sir, I I pull Ian aside. I go, sir, do you want to try to have some self-respect and maybe put one and one together, two and two even, that a day ago she was like, no, I don't want to date you anymore. And then less than 24 hours later, she wants you. Like, I don't know. He's he's just leftovers. Mm -hmm. He's the second best thing. Yeah. He's what she's going to settle for because she can't have Mike. Like, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. I just, I want him to have a little self-respect and maybe just think it through and be like, what could have led to this change instead of jumping into a relationship with someone who uh, clearly thinks of you as second rate. I feel like as this episode goes on, we're getting a little less patient with it. Do you know what I mean? The episode? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I feel like we've had a couple scenes in a row where we're like, yeah, and then this happened. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I want to get to the juicy, the juicy, juicy mystery, which is in the next scene. We get 
Detective Ridley getting a call, and we know that it's Orson, but yes. we don't know it's Orson. <laughs> uh, the detective got a anonymous tip about uh, Monique's affair. And also uh, her last name. I don't think they had her last name. Uh, or her name it. at all. Harvey said it. No, uh, the, the police. I don't think the police had um, her name at all. Oh, yeah, no. Cause they, cause like, I, I, cause like before they had just a drawing of the body, I assume, uh, for Mike, but then they end up having an actual photo of her. So I assume the name first and last, uh, for the cops at least came from Orson as well. This is, um, fishy. This is fishy. It looks like he's covering his trail. Like get off my back. But, um, but the shit, the thing is, this mystery is so good because if Monique is the dead body, then like, who is Alma? Where is Alma? What's going on with Alma? Why does she matter? But then also who is Monique and why does she matter? I'm telling you. It's good. It's Alma good. Alma faked it's, her death. Then what does Monique have to do with it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mystery we're looking to find out, baby. <laughs> um, we then cut to Carlos and Gabby uh gabby is this whole scene is gabby just seducing him and she's like oh can you help me with my zipper can i tell you what i think this is what and this is bold of me to say considering some of the things we've seen Edie brit do yeah for me this might have been the horniest moment on the show so far it was very horny i was blushing i was like this is like too horny for me She Like, like has him put fishnets on her that was so horny. It was. Yeah. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. When he was like, uh, do you want me to help you with that? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I truly was like, is this the like most sensual the show has been up to this point? Why is the only time we see them have chemistry this? Uh, literally. Literally. They had great chemistry here. Mm-hmm. Uh, every other time in the show. It's just annoying to me. Uh, maybe if they start having chemistry now, I'll care about them. But I yeah. still kind of hate carlos yeah has he had a redeeming quality i truly can't think of one the only one was that one time when he beat up the the guy who was selling nudes of gabby yes and the one time he was nice to ashley the child yes yes those are his two redeeming qualities um so yeah they fuck they fuck and then we cut to harvey pretty short scene where ridley detective ridley shows up shows the photo now this is the first time we're seeing the Monique's face, I think, mm-hmm. an actual photo of Monique, and Harvey. Well, no, and, oh. We saw a photo of her because yeah. Harvey showed us. Yeah, I'm a fool. This is the second time we've seen a photo of Monique. Uh, I watched this episode today, and it's already melting out of my ears. Apparently, Harvey pretty immediately fesses up to the affair, but does ask if they can go somewhere else to talk about it. And I think that's kind of all we get of the mystery right now. No, we get uh, the bigs looking. At- through her window at what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. True. True facts. True facts. It's very important. The um, Biggs. Detective Biggs. She's in the know. Biggs. Then we cut back to Carlos and Gabby. Gabby kind of slips in there. She's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't get a divorce. And then Carlos starts laughing. And he's like, <sighs> listen, those papers were fake. I just wanted to sleep with you. And I wanted to out you about just wanting to be with me for my money. This is gross. This is very just a fucking plot. This like lo- v- deeply involved weird plot to get your ex-wife to sleep with you. Mm-hmm. I hate him. I'm sorry if there's any Carlos stands out there. I'm taking him how he is right now. And at this point, dude, oh, no, three no. seasons, I could not like him. No, dude. 
And then she pushes him out a window. <gasps> I just choked. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. I loved this moment. Gabby looks out the window. He's like on the bushes. She calls 911. She looks out the window. He's fucking Michael Myers. He's gone. I literally thought this is Halloween. The movie Halloween. Great movie. Tur- it turns into a horror flick. Because like, then we hear the door slam. The front that door. Was, that was scary. I'm not going to lie. I was like, what? I can't believe Gabby's in a horror film now. He has glass all over him. He's bleeding. And he looks at her and he says, oh, yeah, it's on. Hasn't it been on? It has been on. And this is repetitive. This is the Tom and Lynette repetitiveness, but with Carlos and Gabby. They have two repetitive storylines that they just don't know what to do with. So they keep doing the same thing over and over. I feel like every every other episode with Gabby and Carlos, it's like, I'm going to hurt you the way you hurt me. And then like, oh, it's fucking on, baby. Like, if I had drink drink every time they say it's on yeah. in this in this storyline, oh uh, please please give me more storylines please please sir may I have anything else from this storyline? <laughs> then we get our closing monologue, right? There's a place in Saint Timothy's Church where sinners go to confess their sins, and once they're done, they expect absolution. The truth is, not all confessions are worthy of such forgiveness. Most who unveil hidden agendas deserve the condemnation they receive. Most who disclose vengeful motives merit the punishment that follows. Only the truly repentant have any right at all to expect a second chance. But the final thing we leave on is Mike and Edie at the hospital. And Edie in this white fucking lingerie almost distracted me from the plot point that happened. Do you want to say what it is? Uh, She's leaning against the doorway. He gets a flashback of Monique opening the door and saying, or it's something along the lines of like, where have you been? And then we flash back and Mike says, I think I knew her. What a good ending. How do you how do you feel about that? How do you think Mike knows this lady? Obviously he might have been sleeping with her <laughs> um from her look. But this would have had to happen in the last 2 years when he's been with Susan, right? That is true. They've had quite a lot of breaks though, I feel like during their during their time together. Yeah. Unless it's, like, something, like, right before he moved to the lane. Maybe. Or no, because he didn't lose those memories. I'm excited to find out. I'm excited to find out. I liked this episode. I know we were joking that we felt exhausted by it, but in terms of the season, I liked this episode a lot. There's a lot of comedy, a lot of heart. I liked it a lot. As did I. (laughs) And with that, we have been Wisteria Gaze. (laughs) I don't know why I sound like that. If you want to find us, connect with us, say hi to us, send us messages about fun facts, whatever you want to tell us about, you can find us on Twitter at Wisteria Gaze or on Instagram at Wisteria Gaze underscore, as well as on our website, WisteriaDaze.com. And on that website, you can find some great links to our Discord. We love our Discord very much. Come yeah. hang out with us. 
we have our merch page. We just added. I mean, like now we just added. This is the future. This or is the, the past. future. This is the, the past. <laughs> um, we just added a don't talk to me until I've had my piss mug. So go ahead and grab that. We've got to get some more merch up there, too. So let us know yes. what kind of merch you want to see. And we will do our best to get it going for you. Hell yeah. Um, and we also have a link to our Patreon. Our Patreon is great. It helps support us. It helps support the show. And if you subscribe to our Patreon, you get some cool things like episode notes, ad-free episodes, and episode shout-outs. So we want to take the next minute to shout-out our patrons. So thank you so much to AJ. Annie. Cheryl. Elise. Helena. Liv. Lydia. Nadia. Sarah. <laughs> Tom and TK, thank you so much for being our patrons. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I will say it is um it's pay what you can. So no matter what you pay, you get everything we put up there. We'll probably put some more stuff up there. I'm prepping some fun bloopers of things we've cut from the last couple of episodes that are all just silly that will be going up there. Come hang on our Patreon and support the show. Yeah, come hang. Uh, I love reviews. Oh, tell me about I that. love them so much. <laughs> okay. Uh, it gives me a hunch to <gasps> say, we love reviews. They make our day and they help people find the show, believe it or not. They and do. at the end of every episode, we like to pose a question to get those review juices flowing. They're always optional. We also have a section in our Discord where you can answer them. Uh, but I think... The question for today should be what major purchase are you making and not telling Lynette about? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I am buying 13 pounds of raw beef uh, <laughs> to make a sculpture of Lynette Scavo. Whoa. Did I say 13 pounds? I meant 130. There we go. It's going to be a large statue. Yeah. What about you? I am buying a highway in honor of Lynette. Mm -hmm. uh, and I thought it was a gift, but I don't think uh, she will be very happy about it because I did have to use approximately $112,000 of our joint money, most of it hers, to purchase this. But I, I wanted to dedicate a highway on our on our great nation's highways to her. So, um, Can I change my answer? Sure, yeah. Um, I would like to spend all of Lynette's money on uh, 16 straps um, <laughs> to make 16 strap Lynette. Um, and they're nice straps, too. Oh. They're nice. Nice straps. I love that. What if you got the beef and the straps and you present the straps on the beef statue? Oh, it's an art piece. Yeah, it's I an like art that. Piece, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I love that. I love 16 that. 16 strap beef Lynette. <laughs> so when you beef leave net. us <laughs> beef net, <laughs> when you leave us a review, let us know what major purchase you are making and hiding from Lynette. Mackenzie. Ned. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Dude. 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 I love you. Dude. I love you, dude. I love you, dude, so much. Dude, I love you. I love you deeply, truly, madly, deeply. I love you, dude. 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 I love you. I love you. Everyone else out there, stay juicy. Stay ju 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 juicy. Whoa.
Ding, ding, ding.